Blog Talk Radio. With the number one overall selection. How does an undrafted prospect turn into a whole thing? Welcome back to another edition of the C2P. We are moving on from the 2018 NFL Draft, and we're immediately springing ahead to the 2019 NFL Draft Prospect Preview. And if we're talking about 2019 prospects, there's nobody to talk to better than our guest. You know him if you're familiar with this show. It's none other than Justin Van Fulpen, the J.B. Van Fulpen here on the C2P. Justin, welcome to the show. Um, We had some technical difficulties on the first one. I hope we get through this one. Um, So we're going to bypass your draft thoughts, and you have the top 32 prospects, and there's 32 NFL teams. So I don't want to have any um, hits or snags, but welcome back to the program. If you're not familiar with Justin's work, he's an NFL draft analyst, expert. He is directed and, and brought together college all-star games, Texas First Nation. That's on par with what you would say, the Senior Bowl, East West Shrine Game, NFLPA, searching the nation, bringing NFL prospects that actually find their path towards the NFL and make a living playing in that next level. He also is an NFL agent. So Justin knows everything you know, need to know. And he also, if you want to read his work, you can go to football next level. But with that said, Justin, Welcome back. I apologize for the technical difficulties. They aren't always my fault. Sometimes they are. Those were, but welcome back. Um, you have the top 32 picks, and, and we, we just went through them. And for the folks that were listening, I'm sure you're calling or you're dialing back in and you're listening with us. I apologize. And, Justin, again, well, so we're not cramped on time, but we probably want to speed things up because we were kind of just taking it easy through the beginning. But, Justin, how you doing tonight? Good, man. So why don't we, um, like we did last year, we'll just kind of go, I'll, I'll name the first five, at, you know, five kind of at a time, and then we can kind of, you know, see kind of points there. Um, the first, first guy, uh, Justin, first guy, Justin Herbert, uh, the Oregon quarterback, obviously more of a kind of a tradition, you know, traditional franchise you know, quarterback, you know, good size, 6'6", 230 pounds. I think there's going to be a lot of debates whether it's going to be Herbert. Her, obviously, he could have came back uh, or came out this year into the NFL draft for the 2019 draft, but that's come back to 2020 draft. Um, we'll see what he's going to battle against kind of the second prospect on my list, which is Tua Tungvaloa, and I think that's going to be the battle of who's going to be the number one quarterback. Some people like Tua, some like Herbert, you know, so I think that's that's kind of what your flavor, you know, kind of is there. Obviously, Tua's got, you know, decent size, a little bit over six foot, 230 pounds. Kind of wore down at the end of the season uh, last year. Had a horrible game in the SEC Championship against Georgia. Uh, bounced back, 
there in the first round at the playoff you know, game there. Uh, and then, obviously, they lost against Clemson in the national championship game, uh, you know, dealt with an ankle injury there. Um, and I think, you know, the next third on the list is an offensive tackle, Walker Little uh, from Stanford. And uh, people were asking, okay, hey, where is the franchise left tackles? Where's the huh. Orlando Paces, Walter Joneses, that type of a guy? Walker Little could be that. And I thought it was some interesting doing a little bit of research on, on Walker. He's got some bloodlines of guys that played in the NFL. His grandfather, uh, Gene Little, played football at Rice and professionally for the uh, New York Giants. His uncle, Jack Little, played football at Texas A&M and professionally for the Baltimore Colts. Um, it, you know, he's, he's a guy out of Houston, Texas, but he also, and, and a side note, he's got some Jamaican roots. So Walker huh. Little, I think, is going to be the number one offensive tackle and he's probably, you know, probably a lock into a top five pick if continue to play and decide to come out early. Obviously, he's a, a true junior, you know, played as a true freshman uh, there for Stanford. Obviously, you know, Stanford guys, highly educated. You could be able to, to get into that university. So there's no saying that he will come out. Obviously, we saw uh, Andrew Luck go back when he was, you know, draft eligible. So does Walker Little come, Walker Little come out um, now or not? I think the, the the fourth prospect, Chase Young, out of Ohio State, obviously in the long lines of pass rushers we've seen at Ohio State. Obviously, we saw Nick Bosa go number two overall to the San Francisco 49ers uh, a week ago, um, and he's definitely kind of in that line of the next great Ohio State you know pass rushers with uh, Joey and Nick Bosa both being you know first round picks, a six five, two hundred sixty five pound guy. And kind of my fifth guy, and you know, might people you know, say, oh, well, okay, what about him? Another 6'5", 265 junior defensive end at, in, the, in the Big Ten, but this time from Penn State, and that's your, your turn, Gross Matos <laughs> from Penn State. Again, a long athletic guy, you know, so, hey, you know, there was some first-round draft picks, you know, as the defensive line, and in the top five, you know, in this year's, upcoming 2020 NFL draft is to me, there's two defensive ends that are above, you know, kind of the rest and they're both in the big 10 and both, you know, hail uh, form kind of that Midwest area in chase young and Yurto gross Matos from Penn state. Awesome. Justin. I mean, you are best. And I'm so glad you kind of shed a lot of light on Walker little, the Stanford guy, because, watching this pass draft. I mean, we didn't see an offensive lineman go off to the 11th pick to the Bengals. And, I mean, when you're thinking NFL draft, you're kind of thinking, man, there has to be an offensive lineman that's going to go in the top two, top three, top four, top five. And then you're out of the top ten, you still have, a, you know, a pass protector has not gone off the board. And I know it's talent-oriented. I mean, who's going to be projected to be the top guys? You take those positions. But to have a year where none of those guys kind of fall in that place, Outside the top ten, I you know I don't remember the last time. I know I think last I think 2018, you know Mike McGlinchey went to the 49ers at ninth. But again, that you know that was kind of you know rolling the dice. Usually, you know we you know you think even you know 2013. I mean Eric Fisher, the number one pick overall from Central Michigan. But to think to these offensive linemen. So I mean, do you think uh, Walker? And again, we're we're a year away. So much could happen. But do you I mean do you think he? what have the upside to kind of just kind of stay within that top five if the season goes right for him? 
Yeah, I mean, I think he's a guy who's, you know, 6'7", 313 pounds and kind of that prototypical left tackle, you know, with good feet, good athleticism, you know, just probably kind of the, the cream of the crop when it comes to offensive tackles. And, again, I think if he's draft eligible in this 2019 draft, I think he would have been a top five pick. You know, I think he's just talented, you know, that good, uh, you know, there. So, I mean, definitely I'm I'm looking forward to seeing – what he does now that everybody's kind of going to know his name and be, you know, kind of looking for him, you know, to, to, you know, be a dominant offensive lineman. Awesome. And if you folks listened to Justin's show last year when he was previewing the 28, 2018 prospects, I mean, he was telling us right off the cuff, you know, if you love the skill positions, you may not want to tune into the NFL draft till Friday night to around two and three. And he was definitely right on that. I mean, you know, we have, we saw a few quarterbacks sneak in. Quarterbacks are always going to sneak in. But we saw one running back, a couple receivers. And basically, other than that, it was defensive heavy draft. And last year when Justin was previewing the show, I mean, he was just telling you, the Clemson guys, the Alabama front guys. I mean, he was talking about Ed Oliver. And those are the names that filled this first round this past year. Um, this particular year, you know, Justin has already mentioned two quarterbacks, an offensive tackle, and two DNs. So, at least the first top five is kind of, at least you have to say offensive heavy. So, let's go through six through ten and give us our thoughts on the next group of guys that you have on your top 32 list. Well, as far as starting with number six, uh, defensive tackle, defensive lineman Derek Brown out of Auburn. Uh, a lot of people surprised that Derek decided to come back for a senior season there at Auburn. He was projected as a first-round pick. He's kind of hoping to, you know, maybe go from a guy who was maybe the, you know, 15th to 20 type round to a top 10 pick there at Auburn. Um, then we go back to the offensive line. Andre Thomas out of Georgia, you know, a guy who, you know, is, again, another, you know, left tackle prospect, 6'5", 320 pounds, you know, started uh, last year as a, you know, true sophomore, all 13 games at left tackle in the SEC you know, highly recruited guy there, you know, good skill set. And, again, you know, another left tackle to protect those quarterbacks when you're paying, uh, you know, $30 million plus for a starting quarterback, you got to get him some protection there. Uh, then if you go down to another defensive lineman from the Big Ten, A.J. Espinad from Iowa. Uh, I know I just messed his last name up there, and I apologize that, but the defensive end there, uh, A.J., um, you know, there, again, uh, long, athletic, 6'6", 200 and um, 80 pounds, you know, just kind of a physical, you know, freak has been playing uh, as since a true freshman with a highly recruited guy, a U.S. Ar- Army All-American guy, went to the Polynesian Bowl as, you know, kind of a high school guy, was the MVP of that Polynesian uh, Bowl there, uh, you go know, as far as high school all-star game. Um, you know, after after him, we get into kind of your wheelhouse and as a, a DB from LSU. Uh, uh, I know where we're going. Taylor Mays time. And, you know, Taylor Mays time. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, you know, again, you know, you love those LSU uh, defensive backs. And, he, you know, again, safeties, uh, maybe not as drafted as high all the time, but this guy especially, 6'3", 203 pounds, you know, can play the run. You know, also, you know, as far as really good athlete in regards to in the past of things. And, and you remind you, Taylor Mays, and, yeah, Taylor Mays, kind of same type body type. So he will be probably Bo's number one, you know, pick in uh, next year's draft. <laughs> and the 10th and final pick here in our grouping here is Jerry Judy, the wide receiver from Alabama. And like we talked about, 
Tua potentially has got three, you know, four first-round wide receivers that he's going to play with next year. One is going to be a true sophomore, not draft eligible. So that's why, you know, again, going back to, hey, why, you know, two is two behind Herbert. Because, again, Jerry Judy, and I might be having him a little low here. Jerry Judy might be a top five pick when it's all said and done. You know, as far as, you know, and, again, we didn't have a lot of skill positions. We waited till you know, Hollywood Brown got, you know, drafted by Baltimore here this past Thursday. But Jerry Judy's a, a legit, you know, top ten, you know, prospect, and he's going to be that, you know, you know, from day one here when we kind of kick off this uh, 2019 college football season. And he's a, you know, as far as reigning Blitnikoff, you know, award winner, and will probably, you know, win it back to back if he has the season he should. Excellent. And, you know, it doesn't, and and when and you know me. I mean, we joke around. People who go back with us a long time. I mean, they would probably remember us talking about Taylor Mays, one of my favorite guys. Didn't live up to the hype. But, I mean, at the time and looking at it as a draft prospect, you were like, how is this not guy not going to make it? But he didn't. He never turned out to be the guy he was at USC. But, I, you know, we talked a little bit about Walker Little. And, you know, and so we, when we go through 6 through 10, I mean, you know I was eyeing up Grant Delpit because, you know, one, I think if, you know, I think Louisiana State does a fabulous job of identifying guys at the high school level and they develop those guys into fantastic prospects at the next level defensively. I mean, we saw Devin White go fifth overall. We saw Greedy Williams go in the second round. Um, you know, in each year, I mean, Arden Key last year, um, you know, Dante Jackson. I mean, these guys, you know, uh, Jamal Adams to Jeff Stacey. You know, I mean, I, Patrick Peterson, you know, uh, Tyrone Matthew. I mean, you know, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a long list of talented guys. Um, what is, let me ask you this. When it comes to Grant, because you know I love these DBs, I mean, do you think nine is the highest we could see him? Or, I mean, what do you think he could peak at? No, I mean, I think the, I think the same point, like you said, he could be like a Jamal Adams, where Jamal Adams, you know, went, I think, the sixth pick, you know, to the Jets. But I think he's kind of that Jamal Adams, you know, type skill set there. And, and the, you know, what you're needing here in this, you know, NFL thing is the safety position is becoming more valuable. There were, obviously, we've seen what, what guys like Landon Collins and Earl Thomas, what they got paid in this offseason in regards to that safety position, and it was, okay, can you come down and you can support the run, and can you be a guy who can be in the, in the, you know, the secondary, not just, a, hey, a center fielder, but a guy who can really cover and cover the tight ends, you know, cover those guys like Travis Kelsey, um, like T.J. Hawkinson, who was a top-10 pick here, big-body tight, you know, tight ends who can run. You know, so, again, safety, it's, it's a valuable position in this, this day and of age in the NFL. You know, and obviously – We've seen, you know, safeties go high. Sean Taylor, was, you know, you know, he went real high. Jamal Adams, we saw Benny Blades, if you want to go back to the 1988 NFL uh, draft, you know, be a high, you know, pick there. Um, so, I mean, safeties, hey, they can go top five. We've seen it in the past, and, and, and Grant's, a, a, you know, a guy that's a real talented guy with great size there. And, you know, and Justin said 1988, Benny Blades. If any of our listeners were actually born before 1988, I would love for you guys to hit us up on Twitter. You can hit Justin up at J Van Fulpen. That is J V A N Fulpen, F U L P A N, and you can hit me up at Bo Marchant B O M A R C H I O N T E. You can hit us up on Twitter. If you're if you're born after uh, 1988, I would I would be I would be shocked. We might have some old schoolers on there. 
but it seems like Block Talk Radio and our programs are more a little bit more justified to the modern age. But again, we're going to throw it out there. So Justin's given us one through ten. He's taken us through one through thirty-two. These are the 2019 top 32 prospects as of five to 2019. And granted, these guys will change. Justin mentioned, you know, especially quarterbacks, and we saw it year after year. I mean, Baker Mayfield came out of nowhere. Kyler Murray came out of nowhere. Cam Newton came out of nowhere. Carlson Palmer came out of nowhere. Granted, they were on the radar, but they were outside the top ten. You know, these guys were top quarterbacks, but they weren't in the names that we were talking about. And that was basically his pass draft. That was the position. You know, it was kind of Drew Locke. He was the guy for a long time, the number one prospect. He ends up going in the second round to the Denver Broncos. Now, Justin, we're moving on from 11 through, what, 15. So we – one through ten done, so we're on through eleven through fifteen. Take us through, my man. Well, we go with the eleventh, the quarterback, Jake Fromm, out of Georgia. A lot of people like him. Obviously, you know, has had success. You know, as far as a true freshman, uh, two years ago, takes Georgia to the national title game, loses to Tua as Tua comes in off the bench. Uh, but Jake Fromm, heck of a quarterback. You know, people like to compare him kind of to a Drew Brees-ish is what I've, you know, been been told. You know, I think, you know, kind of a, if you want a comp standpoint there, accurate. You know, maybe not the hugest of arms, but can get it done there. I like him a lot. You know, he could, you know, we could see, if you go back to that, you know, Tim Couch, Donovan McNabb, Achilles Smith, where quarterbacks went one, two, three. Hey, maybe that happens this year. Who knows? Um, Twelve, you go to Dylan Moses out of Alabama. I mean, Alabama, obviously, is just a football factory. It just has been producing first-round draft picks. And this guy is a 6'3", 235-pound linebacker who's just a freak you know, of an athlete. Just He's going to test out the you know, world when he goes to the NFL Combine if he decides to come out early uh, there you know, from uh, Louisiana, you know, Baton Rouge, who you know, produces you know, draft picks all the time there uh, in that state. So definitely you know, a guy who you know, kind of to watch there. And then you go to another wide receiver, T. Higgins out of Clemson. I mean, Clemson has had first-round wide receivers, Sammy Watkins, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. And T. Higgins is right in the line for another, you know, a first-round pick there at Clemson. Big, tall, rangy receiver who could make plays. Again, if he was eligible for uh, this year's draft, just like Jerry Judy, both of these guys would have been high first-round draft picks, very talented, you know, receivers there. 14, Raekwon Davis out of Alabama. Surprise, again, kind of like Derrick Brown. Uh, again, another defensive lineman who could have been in this year's draft. A lot of people thought he was going to declare early. It does, doesn't have a great junior year like he did as a sophomore where people were thinking, hey, he's, he's a locked first-round draft pick, you know, and had that great kind of playoff run there. And, did, you know, kind of tailed off this past year. He's got to turn it back up to get to, you know, kind of this 14th, you know, player getting drafted there. But he's got the skills, he's got, got the talent, great size, physicality there. Again, he's got, to, he's got to play his way up to this ranking. But I think on a projection standpoint, it's a, it's a good place to put him there. Then Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker out of Clemson. I think if you watched uh, those playoff games, you saw this guy as a 6'4", 225-pound, you know, linebacker who originally was a safety for uh, you know, um, Clemson, then came down and kind of moved down to the box. This guy, you know, he's got all the skill sets to be able to even to move higher here in, you know, in, you know maybe in the top ten range. This guy, really good athlete, and I think it's going to be somebody, you know, worth watching here uh, in this next, uh, you know, draft uh, process as we 
go through it. Excellent stuff. And, and Justin, uh, yeah, between one through uh, 15, you have three quarterbacks. And the last one you spoke of was Drake, Jake Fromm from um, Georgia. Um, you know, he was the SEC freshman of the year in 2017. He was a Rose Bowl champion in 2018. What do you think the odds are that he could leapfrog, you know, Herbert or Tugalavua as the top quarterback? Or you think it's going to kind of be a difficult thing to say, hey, in 2019, he's the number one quarterback? I mean, I think, I think it's kind of, again, you know, all these guys, there's not a ton of flaws with them. I think, you know, I think if you look at these three quarterbacks, they're better than the three quarterbacks that were drafted here this past Thursday night, you know, in, in uh, you know, kind of, in the, in the first round there, in Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, and Dwayne Haskins. I think all these three guys, I think if you would have put, you know, on a skill standpoint there, these three guys versus those three guys, these three guys are better. Now, hey, maybe Jake Fromm, maybe he says, hey, I'm going to stay in and I'm going to play my senior season at Georgia and wait till the 2021 draft. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, and, you know, again, does, does he pull a Justin Herbert? I could see that happening. You know, but but again, I think he's probably he doesn't have maybe the arm, the the hugest type of arm there, not like a cannon like a Drew Rock has, but probably accurate. You know, as far as we we saw his his kind of leadership that he's you know possesses there as a true freshman leading Georgia to the national championship game, what he was able to come back here, fought off Justin Fields, who was the, you know one of the top high school recruits as a true freshman there out of the state of Georgia. You know, and obviously Fields transfers to Ohio State and is going to, you know, play be their starting quarterback, replacing Dwayne Haskins. So I think, it, you know, it's definitely something where, hey, this guy, he's, you know, there was pressure on him there this year with uh, with Justin, um, you know, coming in there and, and what was, he was having to, to do to, to fend him off there, um, for, you know, for that starting job. And so he's, he's definitely a talented player. Definitely. And once again, Justin Van Fulpen here on the C2P NFL Dress Expert. You can find his work at Football Next Level. He is an insider, NFL agent, NFL draft expert. If it's anything about the NFL draft, there is no one finer than Justin Van Fulpen, and we always appreciate him joining us here on the C2P. And tonight he's bringing us the top 32 prospects as of 5-2-19. And here we go. We're going 16 through 20. Justin, take us off. Well, I mean, we start about cornerbacks, and I think we're going to see some, you know, cornerbacks. C.J. Henderson, probably the best corner in this class, in my opinion, a 6'191 pound uh, junior there. You know, again, Florida SEC. We're talking about talent. We're talking about athletes there. Um, you know, definitely, you know, a guy to watch in regard to kind of that top cornerback. And now we're going to get some more receivers. I think this is again, if you like skill guys, receivers, big guys, C.C. Lamb, the receiver out of Oklahoma. In my opinion, he was he's better than, you know, Hollywood Brown in terms of a true wide receiver, a six two, hundred and ninety pound receiver who can just go flat out fly, you know, average seventeen point eight, you know, yards per catch this year. That average seventeen point five yards, you know, as a true freshman, helped Baker Mayfield when he was a true freshman, helped Kyler Murray win the you know, the Heisman Trophy, you know, here as a as a uh, sophomore, had eleven touchdowns there, you know, again skillful wide receiver uh, another wide receiver there in our next uh, position there at the, the 18th overall uh, prospect for the 2020 NFL draft from Colorado the Pac-12 Lashansky Chanak from Colorado 
again, he wasn't highly recruited, but just really came on, you know, last year. Uh, kind of a do-it-all there for Colorado. Kind of came on more to the beginning of the season, but you look at a guy as far as just his athleticism, what he can do, always able to do help in that Colorado uh, system in the Pac-12. He's a guy who, you know, I think could do a couple of different things. He could, he could help himself, or he could, you know, maybe not do as well as he kind of tailed off his uh, sophomore season there. He's got to turn it on and continue to play like he did at the beginning of his sophomore season and, and not as, as he did you know, at the end there. And then the 19th pick, an Auburn defensive end, Nick Cole, uh, there uh, and again, another pass rusher, another guy who's going to come off the edge. Auburn's going to have, they return, you know, all of their defensive linemen, kind of what Clemson did this past year. I think Auburn, you know, defensive linemen looked at it and said, hey, we all come back. We can do like Clemson, all go, you know, try to win a national title, and then, you know, it'll be all first-round draft picks. Nick Cole's, you know, in that skill set, got that talent. And then the, the best tight end in the 2020 NFL draft, and a guy who, you know, was a true, excuse me, a redshirt sophomore. A lot of people thought he would come out in this year's draft class, but didn't, is Albert Okunu, uh, Al, we're going to call him Big Al from Missouri. That last name is, uh, people are going to be able to pronounce it a lot better than me. But, but you know, this guy, big, athletic, can run, you know, was a, was a great target for Drew Locke, the quarterback that was a second-round pick by the Denver Broncos. And he's a guy who, you know, he's kind of got a, like a T.J. Hawkinson who was, you know, a guy who could, you know, big size, athletic, be an inline blocker as well as a kind of a wide, uh, you know, tight end. And this guy's probably the best tight end in the uh, 2020 NFL draft as of right now. That's awesome. And then, and, 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 and we've kind of been highlighting each one guy from these top five. And, and, and when I'm looking at Shona from Colorado, Justin, and I'm immediately thinking, and this is my mindset, I'm thinking, and I, I, re, I forget the year, but I know Michael Westbrook was the fourth pick overall to the Washington Redskins in the 90s. Um, he didn't pan out. And then I think uh, Ray Carruth to the Panthers, he was a first-round pick, didn't pan out. And I'm thinking like Paul Richardson. I'm thinking – I'm just thinking Colorado guys, Rashawn Salam, the running back. Um, I'm all, And you know me, and I, I just get stuck on the lineage of colleges and what they've produced from that position. I mean, you know, if you're trying to sell me an LSU defensive back, or a Washington defensive back, I will buy them immediately. I will, sh- I will buy everyone off the shelf. When Steve Spurrier was the, re- you know, the coach with Florida, I mean, we, you know, I mean, you know, uh, you know, Riddell Anthony, uh, Green, all these receivers that put up goofy numbers in that system. Even the quarterback, Danny Warfall, these guys never produced. Um, I want him to succeed, but I just get stuck in that Colorado Buffalo kind of mindset that. Until you put a prospect in the NFL at that skill position, I'm going to be hesitant. And I hope Levitka, I hope he dominates. I hope we're talking about him on our shows upcoming. But, again, I'm very hesitant on Colorado offensive skill guys. Um, I mean, I could go on and on about certain schools that I'm very hesitant about. But that was the one guy. Um, now, you mentioned, I mentioned the names. I mentioned Carruth, Westbrook, um, Paul Richardson. I mean, the, the running back, Rasham Salam. Do you think he has a chance, Justin, to kind of break the bad lineage of offensive guys out of Buffalo and kind of turn this thing right? 
Well, I think he's got the, the athleticism. I thought if you look at, again, what he did at the beginning of, you know, last year, I mean, he was a guy who people were like, who is this guy? He just came out of nowhere. You know, um, again, wasn't a, a highly recruited guy there. Uh, but I think he's got that ability. I think, you know, he's got that athleticism. You know, and does he get in the right system? Who You know, who's his quarterback in the NFL? I think all those things obviously matter. Uh, but he's got some skills, he, and he's got some athleticism there. You might be right, and I think that's one thing people need to understand as far as what Bo's saying in regards to, hey, you know, the, you know, the LSU uh, lineages of, okay, defensive players and how they've been coached up at different things like that. The Colorados, and they're, they're, you know, not great things. The Florida receivers when Steve Spurrier was head coach. NFL teams do exactly what Bo was saying is going, okay, hey, we've got to look at the trends that have gone on there. And, again, they evaluate each, each prospect on their own, but they also know, okay, hey, there's, there's been a trend there, and why is that? Is it in regards to the system? Is it regards to kind of the coaching standpoint? Is it regards to how things you know, are done at that certain school there? So I think, you know, you bring up great points there in regards to – and it's not something people you just take a, with a grain of salt. There's things that people really look into in regards to those trends that kind of come on there. Yeah, and Justin, and you know as well as anybody, because I mean, you you ha- your your knowledge is so much more superior to mine, and 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 to the inner linkings of how this all works. But again, you know, when you look at schools like one school in particular, like Oklahoma, I am always in armored with Oklahoma guys. Like you know, this year, I mean, I loved Rodney Anderson. I could go back and talk about Michael Clayton. You know, and because one of one of these, this is one of the top schools in the nation. You could go on with the Ohio State and the Alabamas, and and when you look at them, you know they're coming in as five, four or five star prospects. They already have the size, the speed, all the athleticism that you can dream of. So obviously they should produce at that level, and they do. And then when you look at them as a pro, you're like, well, you know, hell, this guy's six two, he's two fourteen, he runs a four four. How can he? But we've seen years and years and years of you know of watching drafts and from particular schools. Um, that these guys don't pan out. Um, Justin has given us one through 20. We're on our 2019 draft preview. If you want to know, uh, know more about Justin, you can follow him on Twitter. His name is Justin Van Fulpen. His Twitter handle is J Van Fulpen. It's J V A N F U L P E N. He's a fantastic follow. And then you can also see his work at football next level and it's a little bit of something you guys if you haven't been there yet it really brings you inside what you really want to know and if you're listening to the show i assume you kind of are a draft nerd you want a little more knowledge than just the the glossy names and and the things that go on as such justin can bring you so much more detail and it's a fabulous read each and every time but justin with that said you got one through 20 now we're moving on through 20 to 25. Well, again, we go back to probably, you know, the best center um, in college football last year or was, you know, had a lot of awards uh, there. Obviously, Pro Football Focus, you know, named him the top center in the 2018 season. The center from Wisconsin, Tyler Badaz. Again, I'm, these these names this year are going to kill me, you know. Come, but he's definitely a guy who's uh, – got the size, 6'3", 318, we see in regards to, again, we talked about lineage there in regards to Wisconsin offensive linemen, kind of the same thing of, uh, on a good standpoint, like LSU uh, defensive there on a good standpoint. Then you go to, um, after him, a, another cornerback, uh, and we, again, we didn't have a ton of cornerbacks 
this year, this year first round, but I think next year we've got Jalen Johnson, a corner, uh, again, six foot, 195, 190 pounds, you know, guy who, you know, started all 14 games last year, led, you know, in, with Utah tied for third, the Pac-12 with four interceptions, you know, just definitely a guy who's a ball hawker there. Um, again, long, athletic. Again, that's what the NFL is looking for in those cornerbacks. And then you go to, again, another Alabama front seven guy, Terrell Lewis. Again, 6'5", 252-pound you know, edge guy. Uh, just a guy, again, he could have left this year and gone to this year's NFL draft, but decided, you know, had some injuries um, there, but, but it's definitely still a guy who gives you a look at that and go, okay, hey, uh What's his ability? What's his upside? Again, highly recruited guy. Went to the uh, you know 2016 Under Armour All-American game. You know, five-star you know recruit there. Again, he's got to stay healthy. But if you look at just his talent, his upside, he can he can do it there. Trey Adams, the offensive tackle from Washington. Again, he was a guy who was projected as a first-round pick, and the 2019 thing was a highly uh, highly graded guy by both Blesto and National, the two scouting services the NFL uses in the spring, uh, this past spring, but got, got hurt, missed most of, you know, came back at the little tail end of last season, but decided to use that as a red shirt, decided to come back and be able to help his stock. I think he'll be a first-round pick. I don't think he's the number one offensive tackle in this year's draft class as he was graded last year. But, you know, still a first-round pick. And then, you know, a Washington – excuse me, Wisconsin a running back, uh, Jonathan Taylor, who I think is the best running back in this year's draft class. We had, again, we had one running back drafted this year's first-round pick. I think Jonathan Taylor is a better uh, running back uh, than Josh Jacobs was. I think, you know, we're going to see that there. We saw Melvin Gordon. We've seen Kifar's Wisconsin running backs do well. Even Ron Gain, even though he didn't have a great career in the NFL, was productive. Uh, you know, we've we've seen that there. I think Jonathan Taylor, since day one as a true freshman two years ago, was just an outstanding player. And, again, I think we're going to see another outstanding year. He's going to be a guy who's going to be right there in the Heisman, you know, candidate, you know, finalist there at the end of the day. We're going to go – we're going to hit immediately. We've been picking one guy from each of the five, and people love skilled positions. So we're definitely going to stick with Jonathan Taylor, who was the Doak Walk Award winner in 2018. And he comes from a predominant running school with the Badgers. I mean, they're able to produce talented linemen. And you mentioned Ron Dane, 2011th pick overall. The year next is the 27th pick in the first round. And Michael Bennett, not exactly bust, but not exactly what you want in the first round. Um, but they have provided some quality in the last few years. I mean, you look at Melvin Gordon. He goes five picks after Todd Gurley to the Rams in 2015. He goes 15th to the Chargers. And then in 2014, you got James White going the fourth round. I mean, you're talking about a Super Bowl MVP who won the game against the Falcons when he got into the end zone. Um, when you look at Taylor, I mean, I know it's hard to say, Justin, and nothing's, you know, nothing's for certain at this, at this stage. But when you look at the names I mentioned, the Michael Bennett's, the Ron Danes, the Melvin Gordon's, the James White, where do you think he kind of falls in in terms of being a pro at the next level? I, I think he's more of a, Mel Gore, a Melvin Gordon than you know either any one of those other one guys that you had mentioned there. Um, I just think this guy again, he's going to run track, uh, you know, for Wisconsin. He's competing, you know, on their track team there. I think just the speed that you have with his size and athleticism, you know, and, and again, have you know, 
the NFL has kind of done a, you know, kind of a up and down on, hey, what do we value in regards to running backs in the draft? There wasn't any, you know, a couple of years ago, we didn't have a first round running back. Then we had, you know, um, you know, guys go in the top, you know, 10, you know, there. And then we have, you know, Ezekiel Elliott and uh, Leonard Fournette that go in the top, you know, five, you know. So, and then, you know, now we, you know, Josh Jacobs doesn't go, you know, till later in the 20s. So, again, we've had kind of this, the roller coaster of what the NFL evaluates there with regards to running backs. And again, I think if we're back in where, you know, Barry Sanders and Emmett Smith and Thurman Thomas in that kind of era, I think Jonathan Taylor's probably a top 10, you know, draft pick. And he still might be, but I think the way the NFL values him, that's where he gets in that 20, you know, 20 to 25 range. Excellent stuff. Once again, Justin Van Vulpen here on the C2P breaking down the 2019 top 32 draft prospect and this is the draft preview show as always we appreciate you joining in we know you folks loved our mock draft we had a fun time doing it um justin stole a few guys off me but i won't hold it to him but he has 26 (laughs) and justin we've been given we've been given the fives but i why don't you just instead of going 26 through 31 why don't you bring us 26 through 32 and we can get the last six prospects of the 2019 preview. Well, I'm going to start with 26, and a guy, again, probably uh, going to be number two, you know, behind Grant Delphi, you know, there is going to be Christian Fulton at LSU and the Beau Marchant, you know, as far as he's going to jump on the bandwagon. <laughs> Obviously, we saw the I cornerbacks am. there at LSU. We did, as far as Grady Williams was a guy who, you know, a lot of people – you're coming in this draft was a top 10 pick doesn't go until the second round a lot of people said okay hey it's because he didn't tackle wasn't physical you know there i think you know this is not gonna be the case with christian fulton the the, the, the corner out of lsu then we go defensive end curtis weaver out of boise state another guy who decided to come back to boise state who i think is just going to be a great edge rusher you know for the, the broncos there uh for the boise state broncos again a 6'3 265 you know edge guy there um, again, next is a, another cornerback. Again, we only saw one go in the first round. I don't think we'll see that in uh, the 2020 NFL draft. That's Trayvon Diggs out of Alabama. Sh- you know, surprise, surprise, another Alabama prospect. Now, Trayvon Diggs, a 6'2", 200-pound cornerback, he got hurt, you know, so decided to come back, suffered a foot you know, injury against Arkansas that, you know, sidelined him for the remainder of the 2018 season. So comes back for a senior season there. And, and Trayvon Diggs, is the brother of Stefan Diggs as the wide receiver there with the um, Minnesota Vikings. So uh, Trayvon Diggs, I think, is a first-round talent. Again, Alabama defense, I think Alabama's going to try to go and win another national title, which they've you know been dominated there. Uh, Arfini Jennings, the linebacker out of Alabama, 6'3", 259, you know, defensive end there. Again, Alabama defense. That's what Nick Saban, you know, produces there. He'll, you know, he'll have a number, you know, number of first-round draft picks again in the 2020 draft there. Offensive line, offensive tackle, uh, Mikel Beckin from Louisville. Again, probably Louisville's best prospect, you know, in the number of years um, at the offensive line there. A tight end, Col- Colby Parkinson out of Stanford. Really like him a lot. I uh, think he's got the ability to be, you know, another I see. We'll, we saw a couple of tight ends drafted in the first round. I think we'll get a couple more drafted in the first round next year. And then finishing it off, another running back, another skill guy, Travis Etienne out of Clemson. He's put on weight from what I've heard, you know, from what he did there in the national championship game, put on another uh, 10 pounds of muscle this offseason. 
Again, I think this guy, hey, I, I might be ranking him too low at 32nd. <laughs> but, again, like we talked about the running backs, do they love him? You know, then Travis Etienne can not only catch the ball, he can run the ball. He's got power, got speed. This guy's a you know, skill guy, you know, um, and, and definitely probably a first-round pick. So, again, there's there's guys that, that we kind of left off there. But these right now, I think if you kind of, you know, poll people, look at the film, look at you know, what scouts are looking at and try to, again, project some trends. Um, you know, like you do a great job, you know, year after year. Um, you know, these are probably the 32 prospects that I, that I would say as of May 2nd that the NFL will be looking at. Excellent stuff, Justin. I mean, and what Justin, what, and when, and when I'm listening to you and, and to know how advanced you are right now on the 2nd of May 2019 to be this involved with what we're going to be talking about probably next April when we do our mock draft show um, just speaks volumes to your knowledge of this. And, and, and we've been hitting on guys in each of the top five or each of the five groups. Um, Trayvon Diggs, Alabama, um, Stefan Diggs, his brother, um, just to mention Marshawn Diggs. He was on our college to pro player platform show. The brother, another brother of Stefan Diggs, a UAB safety he is signed as with the Vikings as a undrafted uh, prospect as, in this past draft. Um, when you look at, um, and I'm I'm glad you talked about Diggs. Um, how much value do you think it has that NFL lineage, that DNA, knowing that maybe one of your family members, maybe your father, a cousin, a nephew, an uncle, has kind of made it? How much do you think teams kind of hold that? Well, I think I think big time. I mean, I think we see every year. I mean, obviously, you talked about the Bosa brothers. The Bosa brothers were the only dad and two, you know, two brothers uh-huh. that got drafted in the first round on the defensive side. Same thing with the Manning uh, brothers and uh, their dad, Archie Manning. Obviously, two, two offensive guys, you know, three offensive guys that all got drafted in the first round. You think about Torrey Holt and um, Terrence Holt, the, you know, the, the two defensive uh, – Terrence Holt, the safety, that got drafted by the Lions, and obviously Torrey Holt, who's a potential Hall of Famer, that was with the you know uh, St. Louis Rams when they won the Super Bowl. You got Champ Bailey, who's going into the Hall of Fame right now, with uh, was drafted by Washington and then played a lot of his years with the Denver Broncos. And his brother, Boss Bailey, who was also drafted by the Detroit Lions. Me and my brother always joke about how we always, as Detroit Lions fans, we always got the worst of the brothers. Whether it was Champ, and, you know, we got Boss, not Champ, and we got Terrence, not Tory. But you know, so, so how about the blade? You look at that how about lineage, the blade. <laughs> we yeah well we got the better Benny than than, than Brian Blades you know but uh, so if we won one there I guess I guess next you know next time I talk to my brother I'm gonna I'm gonna mention uh, that there but I think the standpoint is yeah they look at that the, the long I mean we could just kind of go on in regards to the family members that that's made football you know kind of the family you know business uh, there and so again I think when you it's just a thing of going okay hey yep his brother made it okay or his dad made it or his uncle made it so let's 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 put this on his kind of on his on his player profile a check or a star or a you know bloodlines you know you know whatever you're gonna do there to kind of say okay hey yeah and again because you know I mean you've been around this training camp is it's different you know it's not being on scholarship you're gonna you know there's gonna be guys that get cut you know I mean it's it's the job yeah. it's you know it's it's kind of you know and some of these guys I always tell guys there's two different types of guys there's guys who are happy that they made the NFL. The draft was kind of the culmination. They got their hat. They, their families, oh, we got drafted. And there's guys who want to make it in the NFL. 
you know, and make it a career, make it a long-term thing. And that's why we see 35% of the NFL is made up of undrafted guys, you know, guys who didn't get their name called this past, uh, you know, three days that we saw in the NFL draft. You know, there's guys that got signed after the draft and, and guys that, you know, and, and kind of the after the draft process, it's a whirlwind. And you're, you know, if you're an agent or a player, you're getting calls from a bunch of different people, you know, trying to get, you know, hey, you're going to sign here, you're going to go there, you know, what are you going to do? And it's a free-for-all because, you know, you, you don't have, there's nobody really organized of how, how you could, you know, kind of select where you're going to go there. So, you know, I think that's, that's the, the biggest, you know, thing out there. And so I think bloodlines, going back to your original question, I think it is, you know, something, again, that's a star at the end of the day. You know, if your brother or uncle or dad played in the NFL, it definitely helps you out. Excellent stuff. we got about 30 seconds, Justin, before they're going to cut us off. Once again, Justin Van Fulpen, Football Next Level, NFL Jeff Guru, kind enough to join us here on C2P. Justin, before we let you go, we got about 25 seconds. If the Detroit Lions could take one guy from those top 32 picks in next year's draft, who would you want to see your Lions take? Well, you know, I'm going to, oh, you know, probably uh, I'm going to go um, tra- Travis Etienne, to, to, you know, that running back. I think he would pair great with what we've got going on, Carrion Johnson uh, there, and just kind of a two-headed monster with the skill set that he's got there. Uh, Justin, you are the man. As always, we appreciate you. Justin, I cannot tell you how – I mean, you just knocked this thing out of the ballpark. I mean, like I said, you've come on so many times. You've been so fabulous. But tonight, 5-2-19, you knocked this thing out of the ballpark, man. Hey, all our fans out there, give a big follow to Justin Van Fulpen on Twitter. You can follow him at J-V-A-N-F-U-L-P-E-N, and you can find his work at Football Next Level. Justin, we love you. We appreciate you stopping by. Thank you so much, bro. We'll talk soon. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.